Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to this week's Farm Talk. I'm Barry O'Mahony. On the programme, we continue a weekly look at the world of agriculture and food. We have another new Minister for Agriculture in the hot seat at the department after Charlie McConnellogue was appointed by Taoiseach Micheál Martin. Who will be the next Irish EU Commissioner is still a question and will be retained the vital trade portfolio following the resignation of Phil Hogan. It's a key week ahead with several deadlines looming. We update the process involved. Our Chagask advisory this week looks at the paperwork associated with the Bee Finisher Scheme and the CAF Investment Scheme, among other topics. And Farm Talk's John O'Connor looks at other stories which are making the agri-news. Farm Talk on C103. The €50 million beef finisher scheme opened for applications on the 19th of August. Next Wednesday, September 9th, is the closing date and the applications must be made online through the agfood.ie portal. Farm Talk's John O'Connor has the details on what you need to know. Cork farmers are reminded that the closing date for the Beef Finisher Payment Scheme is Wednesday 9th of September 2020. The chairperson of the ICMSA's Livestock Committee, Mr Des Morrison, has reminded Cork farmers that the closing date for the Beef Finisher Payment is Wednesday 9th of September 2020. He advised any farmer who slaughters animals between 1st of February 2020 and 12th of June 2020 inclusive to apply for the payment immediately through www.agfood.ie or lowercase. Mr Morrison said the department expects the payments to be in the region of €100 per head. It'll be payable on cows, steers, heifers or bulls, provided they are aged over eight months of age. It's also important, he said, to point out to all farmers, including dairy farmers with more than 40 dairy cows, they are eligible to apply for this payment and there is no stock reduction requirement associated with this scheme, unlike the previous BEAM scheme. In addition, Mr Morrison said, if a farmer sold an animal farm to farm or through a mart and that animal was slaughtered within 30 days of purchase in the February 1st to 12th of June period, then that animal will also be eligible for payment to the selling party. Mr Morrison said, every eligible farmer should apply now for every eligible animal before the deadline of Wednesday coming 9th of September. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. IFA National Livestock Chair Brendan Golden said it's crucial the money gets out to farmers as soon as possible and that the full €50 million was spent. Any queries can be directed to the IFA's dedicated hub or by contacting Anna Daly on annadaly at ife.ie. 
We'll have more on what's attached to the Beef Finisher Scheme applications later in our Tagus Advisory. ISA is again calling for sheep farmer support in light of a compensation package agreed in Northern Ireland. ICSA Sheep Chair Sean McNamara says the Department of Agriculture must step up and compensate farmers impacted by COVID-19. The situation in the north where sheep farmers are being compensated by payments of €7.60 a head on some lambs and yos is in contrast with the situation here where sheep farmers have got nothing. Mr McNamara says beef farmers are being compensated for the market disruption brought about by the pandemic. And previously, beef farmers also received Brexit-related aid in the form of the BEAM scheme. It's time for sheep farmers to be brought into the equation. ICSA is calling for a substantial top-up payment on the sheep welfare scheme, as well as the establishment of a sheep task force to ensure sheep farmers have some hope for the future. Deputy President of the ICMSA, Lorcan McCabe, is calling on the department to issue all outstanding queries so that farmers can respond on time and ensure that scheme payments are made on time in relation to ANC and the BPS payment. Areas of natural constraint payment date is due two weeks away and the BPS payment to be made on the 16th of October. Lorcan McCabe says the department committed to notifying farmers of all queries by September 1st for the ANC scheme and September 15th for the BPS greening scheme. It's now important these deadlines are met and farmers receive a text notifying them of any current outstanding issues. Farmers or their agents should check their ag food account to see if any correspondence has issued and should respond immediately so that these issues can be resolved before the relevant payment dates. IFA is urging the Department of Agriculture to issue TAMS approval to all applicants to tranche 18, which closed on the 21st of August. With 3,000 farmers applying in the tranche, as well as 1,500 rejected in the previous round, the problems of approvals will continue unless the carryover is dealt with. IFA expressed serious concern at the delay in issuing approvals as it's holding up investment plans for farmers. It's calling for the matter to be dealt with immediately by the new Minister for Agriculture, Tranche 19 opened on August 22nd and closes in mid-October. Tiagas said the clock is ticking with only four months left to fulfil all derogation requirements. If you're one of almost 6,500 farmers who applied for nitrates derogation in 2020, there are a number of additional requirements which you need to be aware of. Failure to comply with the new requirements, in addition to the existing conditions of the derogation, could result in penalties or the withdrawal of your derogation under cross-compliance. There are eight changes which derogation farmers need to be aware of and the full details can be found on tiagusk.ie forward slash derogation 2020. Some of the big stories this week still surround the Agriculture Minister's portfolio in Cabinet and of course the EU Trade Commissioner in Brussels. Derek Leary tendered his resignation as Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine in the immediate fallout from the so-called Gulfgate incident in Galway. So a third minister takes over the mantle in what was a short-lived position for the previous two incumbents in government. Farm Talk's John O'Connor has been getting the reaction in recent days to the appointment of the new minister. Amongst the priority issues which the three main farm organisations want the new Minister for Agriculture, Charlie McConnell, to deal with are increasing, or at the very least maintaining, the cap budget post-2020, Brexit, the new climate bill, Mercosur EU beef import quotas, the speeding up of the creation of a food ombudsman, 
Also, the reconvening of the TB Forum and more progress to be made with the Beef Task Force. IFA President Tim Cullinan singled out the cap budget, Brexit and the new climate bill for immediate action. Mr Cullinan said Minister McConlock has to understand clearly that farming is a commercial activity and that the economic sustainability of farmers is at the very centre of the sustainability debate. Farmers, he said, were frustrated at what they saw as the fundamental unfairness of the food chain, where he contended processors and retailers maximise their profits, allegedly, at the expense of farmers. There would have to be an ombudsman for food to investigate this fully. The ICMSA president, Mr Pat McCormack, said an urgent meeting had been sought with Minister McConlogue to reassure him the ICMSA would try in every way to work constructively and come forward with solutions to what he called the enormous problems which we all know must be faced and dealt with issues like Brexit, CAP post-2020, Mercosur and climate change. Our €13 billion food sector, built on Irish farming, has to be safeguarded after the past two months of instability. There could, Mr McCormack said, be no honeymoon for the new minister. Mr Edmund Phelan, the ICSA, Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association, president, said the focus must be on delivering economic sustainability to cattle and sheep farmers. And he said the ICSA would work closely with Minister McConnell to achieve this. Mr Phelan listed top ICSA priorities as Brexit, CAP, injecting a sense of urgency into the Beef Task Force, reconvening of the TB Forum, the Board B at PGI, EU Protected Geographical Indication for Beef, plus the establishment of a new reps-type scheme, the trebling of the glass budget to an annual €750 million minimum. The ICSA president wants to see the establishment of a dedicated sheep task force with a remit to tackle all issues in the sheep sector. Sheep farmers, he revealed, had not received any Brexit or COVID-19-related compensation packages. There were difficulties around the number of lambs being continuously imported, he said, into the country, and a coherent strategy was now needed to increase the value and price of wool. Mr Phelan said our farming industry had suffered in recent months without ministerial leadership. He warned the new minister, Mr McConlog, must endeavour to make up for all of his lost time. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. And congratulations to Charlie McConnell on his appointment as the Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine. And we look forward to hearing from him on Farm Talk. As we were finalising this week's Farm Talk programme, it emerged Mairead McGuinness and Andrew McDowell are to be put forward as nominees to replace Phil Hogan as European Commissioner. The President of the European Commission will ultimately decide which of the candidates gets the job. More on that story another day. Farm Talk on C103. Last week we spoke of the concerns at the recent storms and the threat they've posed to the harvest nationally, but locally too, after Cork was battered by both storms Ellen and Francis. This week in the Irish Farmers Journal, Pat O'Toole reports progress being made at last with an 80% cut. Significant progress has been made in saving the harvest over the past five days, he writes. Over three quarters of the harvest nationally has been gathered up. The Farming Independent tells us combines are working until they growl in the race against time to get the harvest completed before the weather turns again. Tagus was quoted as saying the harvest is generally in recovery mode rather than salvage, but that crops and ground conditions could ill afford any more rain. 
Well, Liam Leahy is Tillage and Beef Business Manager with Dairy Gold and has been giving me his assessment of the harvest season. It's been difficult. It's been a, a real difficult harvest in many respects. I suppose maybe to just give a short uh, synopsis of where, where, where we are or where we've come from. Uh, we started off a harvest there in early July with very solid yields of exceptionally high-quality grains. Uh, we had a couple of awfully bad weather events delayed, uh, delaying up the whole harvest. And I suppose we plodded along in many respects to about 75, maybe 80% harvested out at this stage. Um, but yes, from very high start, high yielding crops that we started off with, they have, I suppose, sobered up a lot in this stage now, down to more normal type yields, or maybe, maybe yeah, well, I suppose maybe slightly more than normal type yields. So, you know, by and large, when you take into account the weather we've had, we're not doing too bad, but it has been awfully difficult at farm level to try and save it, you know. Uh, I suppose the biggest losses while we've had quality losses, we've had huge losses, physical losses of heads actually knocked off plants right up down onto the ground, which is all the strength for a farmer. It's one thing to lose it, the climatic, you know, losing bushels and things, but to see it actually down the ground, it's all the strength. But look, I suppose the fact that we had such very high yields initially, in some respects, while we've had big losses, we still have, you know, reasonable yields up to date. So it's not, it's not the end of the world, but... Well, it could have been a really good harvest. It's turned out to be a very normal harvest in many respects. We were very optimistic and enthusiastic about the way things were going. Any particular crops that have done better than others out of this, particularly given now the weather situation and that? Actually, look, I suppose, Barry, every crop has suffered to a certain degree, but uh, look, the winter barley probably fared, fared quite well, but look, that's simply due to the fact that it didn't get the last two storms. Some varieties of winter barley definitely held up better than others. I love winter barley, I should say, spring barley. The, the more well-known malting varieties, the likes of Planet and Irrigal, that's a new one on the block, they suffered pretty severely from the weather. Gangway, as a variety of spring barley, probably weathered somewhat better. Um, but look, they all have their pluses and their minuses. You have to say that Planet and Irrigal, even though they did suffer more, had much, much higher yield potential. And in fairness, they delivered it afterwards, be it at a lower level. Uh, oats is one I would say that, while it's only been uh, harvested out at the moment, that got, that took a right hammering. Uh, there was a lot of head losses in oats. And I suppose maybe it is early days to give a defined comment on how the yield is, but there is no doubt there are significant losses in oats. And I suppose maybe to look at wheat, uh, some varieties of wheat fared better than others. The, the the bigger, softer wheats, the likes of Bennington and those, which have huge yield potential. And they've always come at a warning, though, to be fair. This is not new. While they have huge yield potential, they are subject to sprouting. And some did exactly oblige, and they did sprout and sprout quite badly. But in saying that, surprisingly, they still yielded very well. But that's the fact that they were coming from exceptionally high yield potential day one. I mean, a lot of those crops would have yielded five ton if they got a if they got a chance. Instead, they've probably come in at nearer four ton. But look, it's been a salvage operation in many respects. It's been got. It's largely been saved at this stage, and we'll move on. It hasn't been a disaster, which is the underlying thing. It hasn't been a disaster.
Liam Leahy, Tillage and Beef Business Manager with Dairy Gold and his assessment of the harvest season. There is a decent forecast again across much of the country. The hope is what's left will be harvested successfully. Recently, we had a report on Farm Talk about the call for participants to join the latest cycle of acorns. It's a government-backed programme to assist 50 new female entrepreneurs in rural locations. This is the sixth year of the programme. It's probably never been more vital than in the current climate. Liz Gavin in Ballyclaw runs Your Digital and is one of the past Cork participants in the Acorns programme. And I began by asking Liz how she got involved. I saw on media and newspapers um, about this Acorns programme and being recently returned from Brussels, I decided any women in business networks that I can get involved in would be good for for my business and in particular a business that's based in rural Ireland and Acorns was exactly the right fit for my business and I uh, applied into the Acorns 3 program then. Um, so it's it's very useful I suppose really to, to have a network um, and a community of support of other women in a similar situation to yourself, all coming at it from different angles with different previous experiences. Uh, but the, the community around it and the, the, you know, the acorn management as such is so, so useful and efficient as well that it seemed like a good opportunity for me at the time. You said, Liz, that you had come back from Brussels. What were you involved in there? So I went out to Brussels at the end of 1997, uh, having studied in UCC um, and went to work for the European Commission with my first employer. Um, I spent about six years there and then went on to The Hague to another uh, EU agency that was starting up up there, like a sister to Europol, so Eurojust, um, Judicial Cooperation in Europe. And then spent eight years, great years in The Hague. And then another new agency was starting back in Brussels, um, a public-private partnership for the aviation industry, uh, putting basically putting greener aircraft into the sky. And I was their first head of administration and finance there, having managed the Eurojust administrative uh, side of the house as well. So then in 2016, with my husband, we decided to come back to Ireland always wanted to come home back to back to my roots and my husband desires as well so we moved back then in uh, 2016 and uh, I set up this business in March 2017 and you obviously needed a helping hand then to to get the business up and running so you got involved with acorns so what did you feel were the benefits of participating with that scheme well, I suppose the, one of the first things was knowing that you weren't on your own because um, there, you know, when you set up a business on your own in, in, you know, in general, but especially in rural Ireland, um, I, you know, I was going to take any opportunity I could to understand the, the system here. Having been away, it was an ideal opportunity to get to know the, the networks and the do's and don'ts of running your own business. And because Acorns covers lots of different topics from HR management to internal, you know, processes and procedures to marketing, sales, finance, cash flow management, uh, accounts, you know, every aspect is taken in there. And while I had done a start your own business course with the local enterprise office, which was also really helpful, I suppose Acorns just um, reinforced many of those 
uh, ideas and because we were mentors. So we received a mentor um, who's a lead entrepreneur and we would meet every about every six weeks or so together physically um, in our region and go through these various topics. And everybody would air their their needs and their grievances and their successes as well. And we just, you know, share our experiences and try to support each other. And I found that really, really helpful. I mean, I came away from every session with a really positive outlook and, you know, thinking, you know what, I'm doing okay here, just keep going, you know. And can you remember from your own experience, Liz, the eligibility criteria? Was that difficult to meet for anybody who'd be thinking now of maybe getting involved in the next scheme with the application deadline looming? Well, the, there, there's quite um, small criteria, really. So you must have set up a new business um, with sales generated no earlier than the 1st of January 2018, uh, we, which you either own yourself or you part own. Um, and you must, or if that isn't your case, you may be actively planning a new venture and have taken definitive steps towards getting it set up. So that is that is the kind of, I suppose, the, the first criteria. There is no restriction on sectors, um, and applicants do not have to be a client of any other agency, Enterprise Ireland or the other. And the deadline this year is the 21st of September, so I would really recommend... Uh, you know, female entrepreneurs in rural Ireland who are thinking or who have started or who are thinking of starting it um, to have a look at the acorns.ie website and think, you know, is this something that, that could be for them. And tell us about your business now, Liz, where it's at and how it's doing. What I do, Barry, is I help businesses um, and third level as well understand and access EU funding opportunities. So, Having worked, as I said, in, in the EU sphere for all of my career, really, 20 years before I came back to Ireland, I understand the EU uh, systems. I was on the other side of the table for a lot of that time, giving out money and, you know, writing up calls and work programs. I've seen it from that side and deeply also being involved in audits of beneficiaries and that. So coming home, I decided, isn't it a good way? And people also said to me on my return, you have this knowledge, you have this experience, you know, try to bring it home and build capacity here in Ireland to apply into the various uh, funding options. So the main one we deal with is Horizon uh, 2020 at the moment. It's a research and innovation program, which is just coming to an end, but the new one, Horizon Europe, is on, on its way. And we're very involved in particular with agri-tech businesses. For for this show, I suppose it's, it's relevant. And... Um, we have been successful in getting uh, agri-tech businesses funded and also uh, we would be very involved with the med-tech side of things as well. Ireland has a strong um, reputation there and a strong performance at both national and EU level. So we support lots of different sectors, but I suppose agri-tech, med-tech and the bioeconomy then uh, would be another one that we would deal with. How has the COVID been uh, affecting you, Liz? You've got it up and running and, and you're getting through the initiatives and the schemes like the acorns and then this comes. How has it been for you? What's your experience been like? Look, we were relatively well set up before COVID came in the sense that I have a small team of remote workers who work with me. So we were always already on, on all these lovely uh, platforms, Microsoft Teams, etc., and we're able to work uh, remotely from each other easily enough. So COVID in that sense didn't have an effect. 
Um, but it did, I suppose, have a small effect in the initial stages uh, because at the EU level they extended some of the deadlines for these calls. So it pushed work out, which, to be honest, was no harm for us in the first few weeks just to get into the new regime uh, with how, how you know, work-life balance was happening. Um, but then we were involved in some medical um, and reactionary, I suppose, calls to the covid um, epidemic and uh, we helped in fact um, an infectious disease control platform get some funding here at home and uh, we also helped um, get a few other initiatives over the line from the medical point of view so we were very happy to be able to support in whatever way we could and, and we put out that call that you know if people needed um, help in that line, we would be happy to do so voluntarily uh, at the time for, for COVID-19 uh, respects. And you're still confident and optimistic looking ahead? Yes, I mean, now since the summer, you know, as we approach autumn, things have picked up again definitely in the last few weeks. Um, and, you know, people are seem to be seeing some bit of future again in, in different things. So we're definitely, you know, busy with, with different initiatives and I can you know, I can see things are getting back to some kind of normal compared to, to March, April time. Liz Gavin of Ballyclaw, who runs Your Digital, one of the past Cork participants in the Acorns programme. The deadline for applications again, September 21st next. And the programme open to those with new businesses or the idea for a new venture. And the eligibility criteria can be found on acorns.ie. CSO, the Central Statistics Office, has confirmed that the 2020 Census of Irish Agriculture is now underway. The census began on Tuesday 1st of September. The 2020 Farm Census will be issued to approximately 140,000 farms in Ireland and, by law, will need to be filled in and returned by the 17th of September 2020. The 2020 Farm Census is a four-page form which will ask for details about the farm situation in terms of land use, livestock and farm management. CSO point out that the Census of Agriculture is collected once every 10 years to provide benchmark statistics on the number of farms in Ireland and the structure in terms of farm enterprise. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. We continue this week's Farm Talk with our weekly Chagask Advisory. Mara Shine is B&T Dairy Advisor with Chagask in Kanturk. As you've been hearing, some looming deadlines, not least of all the beef finisher scheme. So where are we with that now, Morris? I suppose, Barry, the first thing is, uh, like you say, the deadline is Wednesday. Uh, I suppose a few small things that uh, farmers will need to know is who can apply for the scheme. Is essentially everyone, uh, including beef and dairy farmers. Uh, just talking to a few dairy farmers, they tend to think they're not eligible for this scheme, but in fact they are. Um, any farmer that carried any animal to the factory from the 1st uh, of February to the 12th of June is eligible for a payment, uh, is what it is. Now, there's also another condition on that is if you sold animals to the mart and were slaughtered within 30 days of that reference period, you that animal is eligible for your payment. So I suppose that's something that some farmers tend to not think of is if they don't send the animal to the factory themselves, um, they don't think they're eligible. But in fact, it, there is a possibility they could have been finished in time. And the payment rate, Morris, that's something that they should know as well. Yeah, uh, payment rate in uh, Barry is €100 Euros per animal and uh, you can get up to a payment of up to 100 animals. Uh, and that can be extended if you are in a partnership too as well. So that's €100 Euros per uh, animal. And for anybody that has the work started maybe or just hasn't got around to it yet with a deadline looming like that, what should they be doing now, Morris? If you want to contact your advisor or consultant, first of all, to make sure that uh, you do meet the criteria to get uh, this uh, scheme. Uh, what I would say about it, though, is, uh, is to get onto it as soon as possible. As you mentioned, Barry, the deadline is Wednesday. And uh, like some schemes, the, there's a rush towards the end, so make sure you get there in time. And after that, then, it's just in order to get access to upload uh, the, uh, the application itself, and it can be processed very quickly. But uh, I suppose the emphasis is to get in uh, early as possible. And the CAF investment scheme then, Morris, what's that? Yeah, I suppose this uh, scheme then, Barry, it is uh, just a, f- a scheme that was done there uh, last January to February time, and uh, it's something I suppose where people might have forgotten about. Uh, they might have purchased the equipment. Uh, some equipment that was uh, eligible was like your computerised calf feeders, your milk ca- uh, carts, and your calf pinning. 
Um, I suppose this deadline date uh, for the claim form is the end of this month, so it's the 30th of September. So we have time, but like all schemes, the better uh, you can get in earlier, uh, the less chances of anything going wrong and it can be addressed on time. So I suppose that's the 30th of September, uh, just a reminder, uh, and that's for the people who purchased equipment for the CAF investment scheme. But the most pressing deadline then is to be finisher scheme that comes up next Wednesday. Maris Shine, their BNT Dairy Advisor with Tiagisk in Canturk. On Wednesday's programme, we'll be looking at how cows are performing at this time of the year, along with grazing practices and the spreading of lime. That's with Morris in our programme on next Wednesday. IFA Dairy Committee Chair Tom Phelan has welcomed last month's milk price increase from some co-ops, but said farmers and others have been left behind. Processors who failed to apply with the increase last month must step up this time, he says. Markets have remained steadier than some of the predictions which had been heard at the onset of COVID. Production costs in dairy farms have increased and farmers need the maximum return because of the recent weather conditions, he said. The Forza Trade Union, which represents staff at the state forestry company Quilta, said the Minister for Agriculture and the Government, has the power to stop any potential job losses in the industry because those losses would be the result of a broken regulatory and licensing system. It's emerged up to 12,000 jobs are at risk as a consequence of the current forestry regulation system and delays in the appeals process. The 2014 Forestry Act governs the forestry licensing and appeals system in Ireland. Union representatives at Quilta said the process means anyone can appeal any licence, whether the appeal has merit or not. Recently, almost every tree-felling licence application was appealed, generating a backlog of immense proportions, according to Forsa. Appeals are being processed at a rate of around 20 a month, while 400 appeals remain outstanding. It says as a consequence, Ireland will run out of timber and 12,000 employed in the industry will be out of work. The Labour spokesperson on agriculture, Sean Sherlock TD, has said the forestry commitments outlined by Minister Pippa Hackett in her public consultation, which finished last week, must be underpinned with swift legislative action to restore clarity for those seeking felling licences and allow transparency for the public in decisions which are made. Deputy Sherlock said that we need further clarity in respect of the right of the public to make observations and appeal decisions. The balance must be struck between ensuring that licences are granted to fell and ensuring that targets to achieve greater forestry cover are being met. The government has announced the expansion of overseas embassy representation of the Irish agri-food sector in key markets for our exports. Currently, there are eight agricultural attachés with Irish embassies worldwide. The new appointments bring the total to nine. Two new agriculture attachés will replace existing officers in Brussels and London, with an additional post being created in Seoul, Korea, South Korea. Korea is becoming increasingly important for Irish agri-food companies. The attaché's role will encompass trade assistance, development and facilitation in cooperation with Team Ireland. In announcing the attaché appointments, the government reiterated that building and developing official relationships with competent authorities will be a key remit of the attaché's work and should in future help to deepen and widen our access to these markets. The appointments show that enhanced focus on market access and trade are key parts of the government's response to the COVID-19 situation and ongoing Brexit uncertainty.
Our agricultural industry's representation in the United Kingdom through the Irish Embassy and trade organisations there is being increased to help deal with the many changes to our trading relationship in the Brexit context. From this year, the Department of Agriculture will have more posts outside of the European Union than inside. This is being done to help our agri-food companies deal with the complexities of global markets. The new appointments are in line with the market development theme of Foodwise 2025, the government statement confirmed. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. We continue this week's Farm Talk with a look ahead to the ASA Conference 2020, which takes place next Friday, September the 11th, at the Maryborough House Hotel in Cork. It's the 78th annual ASA Conference, sponsored by FBD Insurance, and will be live-streamed given the COVID restrictions in place. Organiser Seamus O'Malley can tell us more about the conference and the impressive lineup of speakers and topics for discussion. We normally have a, a very significant-sized event with nearly 700 people in, in some years at the event, but this year, with the COVID, we've had to reformat uh, and effectively go online with the event. This is our 78th annual conference, and it takes place on Friday the 11th of September, and it's of interest anybody in the agri-food, agri-professional, or anybody that has a, a passing interest in, in how our food is uh, produced globally. Um, I suppose we'd welcome your listeners to actually participate in the event as well. Uh, you can join the event uh, to our ASA Ireland website or any of our social media handles uh, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, so it, it's uh, free for everybody to join at two hours of jam-packed content uh, from all, from all over the world. Um, uh, so we're also very thankful to FPD uh, Insurance, who are our conference partners again this year. And um, we have some very high-caliber speakers, including Keisha Michal Martin, and, and he will be addressing you know, government policy for agri-food uh, in terms of how it relates to uh, future policy, in terms of how it, uh, climate change, new farm-to-fork um, strategy from Europe, and uh, also in terms of how they're coping with covid um, in addition, we have Simon Coveney, um, Minister Simon Coveney, uh, who, who uh, will be speaking to us effectively really about um, Brexit. And, uh, you know, that's a big um, disruption that we are facing at the current time. And he will also maybe maybe allude to some of the, the, the negotiations that are going on in terms of foreign affairs, in terms of EU-US uh, trade relations, in terms of, you know, some of the activities that um, the Foreign Affairs uh, Department um, have in Asia uh, because we've made some um, high-profile appointments in that area to generate more trade for the future. So I think that would be very interesting for your listeners. I see that embracing disruption in agri-food is the theme of it, uh, Seamus. So very much, I'd imagine, COVID will be on the agenda, Brexit and climate change then. They've been the big issues, really, haven't they? They have. Like, I suppose if we looked back to this time last year on... on be it my own brief uh, in the day job or, you know, looking at programme for government ahead of elections, you know, climate change really was probably the number one um, element uh, as we, uh, and COVID was there, obviously there as well. And, you know, we were assessing how we would manage the climate change. So we will be, as was Laura Buck, the Director General of EPA, will be, will be giving us our responsibilities in that regard. So that was probably the number one and it has to be still there in the background. But since then, you know, the world has turned on its head and will never, you know, let's say you, you COVID came into being in, in, in March and that has just completely disrupted um, how we do business and how, 
how society interacts. So I, I think we certainly get insights both, you know, nationally from our Taoiseach and Minister Coveney, internationally in terms of some of the speakers and, and real, you know, live evidence as, as to how it's impacted um, our various sectors. So, so that's, that's the, and then in terms of the Brexit, there's nobody more qualified than Minister Coveney. Uh, who's been at the uh, coal face uh, in terms of um, you know negotiating both in Europe and uh, with our British counterparts in terms of uh, the smoothest exit possible, and that really is coming around the corner like a train. So it will be you know our our conference really is at a very timely stage to hear some first-hand feedback, and your listeners um, you know will actually have the opportunity if they like to to pose questions on the day, so you can. Submit your questions online, and uh, they, they will be um, they will be put to the moderator, uh, Damien O'Reilly, who uh, we know from uh, the RT Countrywide program. So he will be uh, in seeing the event on the day and interviewing our speakers. And of course, attendance and, and registration—you can't have the people there physically, Seamus. It's just one of the restrictions that COVID has imposed on us. But for people listening in now, and they'd like to feel a part of it and get involved, what do they have to do? Because it's all new to them if they're going yes. online and that this year. Yeah, so it's new to us all. So people would be familiar with Zoom and um, seminars and all that type of stuff. But what, in, in, we have a website, www.asaireland.ie, and we have social media handles on both Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can literally click on the link, uh, register by just your email. But I would suggest that maybe listeners, you know, let's say if the conference is starting at half ten, you know, get comfortable maybe 10 or 20 minutes. If you're going to an event, you drive there. So in this case, you know, be set up, be set up early. Um, you know, if you're doing it on an iPhone or an iPad, download uh, the app Crowdcast, uh, you know, which you'll be drawn into as you register, uh, or on your PC, um, you know, it works best on Google Chrome. So I suppose I'd advise the, it, the conference is actually at half 10, it's half 10 to half 12, so it's, you know, it, it's really about um, being set up and being comfortable and, uh, you know, enjoy enjoy the content. Um, so, uh, so it's free for everybody to register on the morning itself. Seamus O'Malley, organiser, ASA Conference 2020. It takes place next Friday, September the 11th. Farmers and owners of land have been asked to ensure that any overhanging trees or vegetation which might obscure road users' observation when driving or walking to cut back or remove this potential hazard. Protruding hedges or other safety risks, particularly in rural areas, may be legally trimmed or removed between 1st of September and 28th of February. Legally, the cutting, burning, grubbing or destruction by other means of vegetation growing on uncultivated land or in hedges or ditches is restricted between 1st of March and 31st of August. Section 40 of the Wildlife Act 1976, as amended by Section 46 of the Wildlife Amendment Act 2000, applies. But effectively, the hedge-cutting season opened on Tuesday, 1st of September 2020. Operators of hedge-cutting machinery should be aware of power lines and calculate carefully clearance room for equipment passing under these. Electrocution is another potential hazard of dealing with overhanging or overgrown trees, bushes, hedges and vegetation. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. 
The 2020 RDS Tiagask Farm Forestry Award winner is Donegal Farmer Rossby Cannon. Special Commendation Award went to Patrick Rattigan of Ruski County, Roscommon. The awards recognise sustainable integration of forestry and farming enterprises. It's aimed at helping farm families and the communities to build resilience by optimising the many economic, environmental, practical and social benefits that can accrue from farms and forests working together. Aldi has announced the return of 48 products from 27 suppliers, including five from Cork, which were part of the Grow with Aldi supplier programme in May this year, as previously highlighted on Farm Talk. Each product sells for a fortnight on Aldi shelves nationwide, including Cork, for a limited time from Sunday, September 13th. Aldi's invested €2.5 million in the programme since it began in 2018. It was developed in partnership with Board Bia and Grow with Aldi supports small and medium-sized Irish suppliers gain exposure and experience with a major retailer. Products from Cork suppliers, Irish Atlantic Sea Salt Limited, Mellis Fudge, Deroyster Foods, Borua Farm Cheese and Union Hall Smoked Fish Limited will be available from Sunday, September 13th for a limited time only. Thanks to John O'Connor for co-producing and contributing to the Farm Talk programme again this week. I'm Barry O'Mahony, and thanks for listening. Farm Talk on C103. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.